You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Vissard, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Hey, 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 everyone. It's A to the N to the G. You're listening to Your Credit Today. As if you didn't know, well, I did take a little bit of a break, but I'm back like I was just telling Kevin, I am back in effect and I am ready to go. I'm ready to come and give you guys all of this rich and amazing information that you've been learning from this voice here, A to the N to the G. Now, you know, I always have to do a little business. And if you have not subscribed to this show, hit that subscribe button. Tell all of your friends and family about the amazing tips and information that you're learning from this show. Share it with your friends and family. I mean, come on, tell people about it. We need to get downloads, people. Now, today, what we're going to be talking about is a really important subject. And the reason that it's important is it's about paying attention, people. It's about paying attention when you are going to buy a car. Now, we all know the stories of the rich and famous that go out and buy these beautiful cars, and we see them on the street and whatnot, and we think, wow, I wish I had that car. But hold up a minute, because I'm going to be giving you some really important information about leases and buying a car. It's all the information that you really don't think about when you actually get the car until months later. You know, because friends, listen, buying a car is a big idea in today's world, but there are a lot of choices. I mean, do I go to electric? Do I go electric and gas? Or do I go all gas? It doesn't really matter what you decide, but it's about making a decision because every decision that you make comes at a cost. And if you don't do the homework that it takes to understand what it is that you need, then you will make a mistake. I can tell you, I personally, back in the day, this is a long time ago, of course, you know, when I would go car shopping, I would just walk into the dealership and I would test drive something. But now with all the technology out there, you can actually look up a car online and understand full vent from bumper to bumper what the car does, what the aspects are, everything that you need to know. So it's not about walking into a dealership anymore and test driving things because that's a sure way to get into something that you'll find months later that you really, really didn't want. And here's what I'm talking about. These These are the things that you've got to consider when you're going to buy a car, right? What does my family need? Now, I know a lot of us don't think that way, but at the end of the day, you can't get a crotch rocket and you've got five kids, okay? So you've got to think about what your family needs. You know, do you have kids that play sports? Do you need to be able to put all of the equipment in the back? Are you going to be picking up other kids? You know, things to consider. What do I need for work? Okay, commuting. All right. Do I want something long term or do I just want to lease something because I have a way of writing it off? I mean, let's face it, guys. A car is a depreciating asset. So unless you're buying a Batmobile, literally, okay, like a really old car, it's a depreciating asset and it's depreciating monthly as you drive it. Okay, so really, really important things that you need to think about when you're going to purchase a car or lease a car. Sit down, get a pen and paper out and 
figure out the details. Talk to your spouse if it's a decision that you guys have to make together. Talk to your boss if you're getting a company car. Things you really need to sit down and consider because listen, a lot of people don't think. All they think about is what my monthly payment is going to be. They don't think about these extra things that I'm about to talk about right now. Your insurance. How much is your insurance going to be on a monthly basis? Gas. If you're getting a gas car, if you're getting a car that requires you to go to the gas station. Now, a lot of people I've heard, you know, through the pandemic, of course, not too many people were driving. And I've heard so many people say, oh my goodness, I never even contemplated or understood how much money I actually spent per month in gas until the pandemic hit and I actually wasn't driving anywhere. But now that we're going to be getting back to the new normal, a lot of people are driving again and they're filling up their gas tanks and they're realizing, oh my goodness, I need to take a chill pill and going all the way to, you know, 200 miles away, it's going to cost me in gas. The other thing that you have to think about is the upkeep on the car, okay? Anything we're talking about, doing oil changes, anything can happen to a car. So you have to think about that. Major issues can even happen. The other thing you have to think about is tires. A lot of people don't think about this, but when you're on these streets, specifically in California, all of the cities are trying to do a really good job of repaving the roads, which I want to commend our cities for doing that. But at the end of the day, there's still a ton of cities that don't have good roads and those do a number on your tires. So a lot of the times we don't consider the cost and what it's going to cost to get a new pair of tires or all four tires throughout the process of having a car. And then the other one that I love to think about is the car wash. You know, my husband, he's so funny. He has this car wash system where we only pay on a monthly basis. I think it's like $20 a month or something like that. And I'm always saying, why are we paying $20 a month? And he says, well, you got to think about it this way, Ange. If we didn't pay for the membership, it would cost us about $25 to $30 each time we get our car washed. And how many times a month do you go to the car wash, Ange? And I said, well, you know, I pretty much go every week. I want my car to look nice when I'm pulling up to somewhere, pulling up to an appointment, meeting someone. I want my car to look nice. So if you really think about it, car wash can add up. So all of these things, insurance, gas, upkeep, major issues, tires, car wash, all of these things, by the time you add this up, can cost thousands of dollars that you didn't even think about because you're so excited out there going to all the car dealerships and taking a spin, not thinking about what it's really going to cost at the end of the day. And so friends, that's what we're talking about in this show is not only are we going to get in the nuts and bolts about what happens when you return a car, but I want to go before that process. Have you thought about the car that you're purchasing? Have you thought about keeping it for as long as you're leasing it for or as long as you're purchasing it for? At the end of the day, how much is it going to cost you? Because again, you might as well just take the money that you're using for your car and put it in a fire pit and set it on fire. Because at the end of the day, it's really expensive to have a car. And if we don't think and count the costs ahead of time, it can be a headache. 
So what are we going to be talking about in today's details, the things that we get stuck on, or in other words, the things that we don't think about before we actually buy a card? Now, the reason why this came to me was because I recently had a client and he's a famous celebrity. Okay. And a lot of these celebrities use car brokers. And what happens with the car broker is they never have to go into, walk into a dealership. They don't have to think about anything. They call up the car broker and say, Hey, I want this Lamborghini. I want it to look this way. I want these bells and whistles on it. Whipty wham boom. And then they bring it to them and park it in their driveway at their home or at their place of business. But what happens a lot of the times is that these celebrities or people that are purchasing these big vehicles and doing this big business when it comes to cars, they don't think about the details that are happening behind the scenes. And why is that? Well, part of it is because they trust the people that they're working with. And hey, they should trust the people that they're working with because they're paying big money for these cars. But unfortunately, sometimes people make mistakes and there's human error. So, you know, you have to have big boy and big girl pants on and you have to, even if you're a celebrity, you have to think about the consequences of what it is that you're doing when you're purchasing a car. So this particular situation and with this particular client, what happened was is that he had a car that he had purchased from this dealership And now he had someone that was a broker that was helping him with his new car purchase that he wanted to buy. And it was a very, very expensive car. I think it was, honestly, it was about $400,000 for this car. Yes, people, people do pay that kind of money for cars that they put on these roads out there. Kind of scary, but at the end of the day, he can afford it. So snaps up for him for for being able to afford such an expensive car. But what happened was, is he took the current vehicle that he had and he gave it to the broker and received his new car and didn't think about the details of giving the old car that he had to this person that was doing the details, setting up the contract and getting the car ready for him and bringing him his new car, he didn't understand the details of the older car. He just put his fate in the hands of this gentleman. Now, again, I don't want to blame this gentleman because at the end of the day, there's so many details that come into this that it's just, it's hilarious at the end of the day what happens when the right hand doesn't talk to the left and when you are not running the show of your own credit. Because at the end of the day, what happened with this particular individual is he ended up with a repossession on his credit report simply because he did not take care of the details. So here he is. He had this car. He gives it to his broker in exchange for this new car because the broker told him, listen, don't worry about the older car. Let me take care of that. I will sell that to someone else. Unfortunately, what happened, friends, is that the car never got sold to someone else and it sat on the dealership's lot for over nine months. Now, what do you think was happening during those nine months of him not making payments? Well, I'll tell you what was happening. Every single month, that bank that had financed the car was putting late payments on his credit history. What were they also doing? 
They were calling him and saying, hey, Mr. So-and-so, you haven't been making your payments. Where is the car? He says, I don't know. I gave it to so-and-so. Okay, you see how the plot thickens here. So at the end of the day, the bottom line and the end of the story is that we were able to prove Conquer Credit Management. He hired our company to do the investigation and to unravel the web that was spin because no one took care of the details. Okay, we were able to unspin the web and help him to get out of the repossession. Now, guess what he had to do, friends? He had to actually pay off the old car that he had because it was not taken care of appropriately. He never got a receipt from the dealership. He never got a receipt from his new car broker that said that he was not responsible for this car any longer. So was he still responsible? Absolutely, he was still responsible because he was the one that signed on the dotted line. He was the one that actually was responsible for making the monthly payments. And unfortunately, because he did not do so and because he put his fate in the hands of someone else that let him down, he ended up having to pay a huge cost. Now, luckily, his business manager, his new business manager, is a good friend of mine and hired us and said, Angela, this is the situation. This is what happened. Can you fix this? And of course, we got our capes out and, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to fix the situation. But as we always do, we did the research that was necessary. We formulated the complaint and the story and we dealt with the bank and were able to prove that the situation was not the client's fault nor his real responsibility. We were able to negotiate and broker a deal And he was set free, so to speak. All of the late payments that were associated to his credit report and the repossession that was previously on his credit report, by the way, plaguing his ability to buy a new home. Okay, so unfortunately, what happened was is not only did this end up costing him a ton of money, because what did he have to do? He had to pay penalties and interest, not to mention everything that was owed from the nine months that he hadn't made payments that the lease was still due. So he had to pay penalties, interest, and all of the nine months worth of payments that he didn't pay. Not to mention, now here he was, he was buying a new home and uh, they hit the brakes and said, I'm sorry, sir. We know that you're liquid. We know that you have a lot of money in the bank, but unfortunately your credit report does not represent that. So he could not finance his home the way that he wanted to because of this derogatory history that was on his credit report that if he would have taken care of the details in the beginning would never have happened. Now, here's the thing. He didn't have a business manager when all of this was going down. He actually had an assistant that was helping him. And unfortunately, a lot of the times assistants don't get involved in these types of transactions, especially when he had a broker that was helping him. So now that he had a new business manager, the business manager would never let something like that happen on his watch because he would take care of all the details. When a broker comes to him and says, hey, you know what? You're going to turn in your old car and get a new one. 
here's what we need to have. We need to have in writing, the car is paid off. It's no longer in his name. He doesn't owe the nine months worth of payments that were left on the car because you're going to absorb them or you're going to sell the car, et cetera, et cetera. Because what have we always talked about in these shows, friends? It's about getting things in writing and having an understanding of what your responsibility is. Now, I'm talking about this also because I get a lot of people that call me all the time and say, you know, I turned in my car and I got this huge bill from this lease that I had for three or two years and I don't understand why I owe this money. Well, my response to that is, I'm sorry, but how do you not know why you owe the money? Okay, because here's what you should be doing When you have a lease and you return the car, number one, you have to take pictures of the car. Now, when I tell clients to do this, a lot of times what happens, what they find is a bunch of door dings or little, you know, dents here and there that they didn't even notice were there when they were driving the car. But guess who's going to notice it when you bring the car back? (laughs) the manufacturer, the dealership, they're going to see all those door dings, all that paint chipping or whatever's going on. And they're going to guess what? Cha-ching. They're going to send you a bill for that. Okay. So make sure when you're returning a car that you take pictures. Okay. The next thing that I always tell people to do, especially during COVID, this was happening, but even before COVID would happen, a lot of people, what they would do when they were leasing a car, and let's say that they were getting a different type of car, okay? You've got a Mercedes, you're turning it in, and you're going to get a BMW. So you're not going to go into the dealership and wheel and deal and get a new Mercedes because you're getting a BMW. So what would you do? You would go and you would turn the car and you'd give them the keys. And then whoever the person that was on the lot was would give you a seat that you returned the car. Okay. But what about having that person physically look at the car when you bring it back and writing on the receipt that they don't see any damage to the car? What do you have there? Now you have a witness that has received the vehicle and has testified that they don't see any damage. And again, why is this so important? Because when you bring a car back, And let's say that car is taken from one lot to the other and someone gets in an accident or they hit something when the car is being driven by someone that works for that particular dealership. And now the adjuster is looking at the car and taking it back into inventory and figuring out what kind of bill you owe because you didn't turn in the extra key or it has over mileage or the tires are treaded, things of that nature. Now you've got a little dent that you didn't do, but they're going to blame it on you because why? You didn't take the time to take the pictures or have someone sign off physically that there was no damage to the car, okay? The other thing that I always like to tell people to do is ask the bank or the manufacturer, whoever the car is going back to when you're leasing, is, you know, what the process is. Is someone going to come out to your house and actually do an examination of your car or... 
are you just going to take it back to the dealership? And if that is the case, make an appointment to see someone so you can do just that, what I said, which is have someone physically write off on the document that they're going to give back to you that you returned the car, that what the mileage is currently, and that there's no damage to the tires or to the car. Okay. You've also got to make sure that you bring both keys back because let me tell you, some of these keyless cars, those keys are are very expensive. My best friend has a Land Rover and that key I believe is $800 if you misplace the key. Okay. Now a lot of insurance plans will cover that, but when you're bringing the car back and you've lost the key, guess what? You're going to be paying $800 for that key that's missing, okay? So make sure you bring back both the keys. The other thing that you want to do is take a picture of the dashboard of what your miles are, specifically if you went over miles, because you want to make sure that you're looking at your contract and calculating how much you're going to owe. How much did you sign the contract that states when you go over the miles, how much it's going to be per mile so that you have an understanding of how much is going to be owed. If you're turning in a car and getting another, and let's say you didn't make all of your payments, a lot of these companies have what they call pull forward programs. Let's say you owe your last three payments or your last two payments, and they say, bring your car in. We want to give you a new one because you're going to get the same kind of manufacturer. Let's say you have a BMW, you're going to get a new BMW. They say, bring your car in. Uh, It doesn't matter that you owe these three payments. We're going to eat those and give you a new car as long as you sign a new contract. Well, it's not enough just to believe what it is that they're saying, okay? You've got to get that in writing and it's got to be on your contract. So when you're in the finance manager's office, you need to ask them, if you guys are absorbing those payments, can you please put that on the contract so that I have it in writing? The last thing you want to do is wait till the last minute when you're being called by BMW stating, hey, you know what? You didn't make your last two payments. What's going on? Now you've got to go back to the dealership. And then what if that dealership says, hey, we never said that? You know, all kinds of things can happen when you don't take care of business. And when you don't, like what I just said, get it in writing, it's very, very important. And then the last thing is that I always tell people to do, specifically when you're leasing a car, is negotiate um, how many miles you can have on the car per year. Now, you know, standard, a lot of these companies are going to say, oh, we'll give you 10,000 miles. Now, we know in today's world specifically, 10,000 miles ain't nothing. (laughs) That's nothing. So you want to at least get 15,000 miles if you can. And trust me, if you're a good negotiator, you'll get those 15,000 miles, especially right now because car dealerships are hurting Because a lot of people are not driving the way that they used to. Now, I really do think that things are going to get back to normal here, let's say in the next year. But right now, uh, car manufacturers are hurting because people are not purchasing vehicles the way that they have always or traditionally done. But friends, what am I coming to help you guys understand? I'm trying to help you understand how to not fall into a pit 
and then have a situation later on down the road, like I'm talking about my famous friend. Here he was doing very well, wanting to buy his first home, which was a very expensive home, but at the end of the day, wanting to buy his first home. And unfortunately, first of all, he told me he was extremely embarrassed to the fact that he didn't even know that there was a repossession on his credit report. Okay. His business manager didn't know because it was a new client and they had never pulled his credit history before. So, you know, all kinds of things can happen if you're not paying attention. And that's why you guys come to these shows because I am trying to unload all of the information that's in this wee bitty brain that I have here of these 31 years of experience that I have been talking to people about all kinds of situations that you could never fathom happen out there in the world of credit. So I want you to keep coming back to these shows. This is A to the N to the G. You're listening to Your Credit Today. And again, if you have not subscribed to this show, please hit that subscribe button and tell all your friends and family about what you're learning from this voice here, A to the N to the G, and I'm out.